You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Oh! All right, stop, stop. You guys, hey, you guys, stop messing around. We got a lot of work to do. Okay, people, pay attention because I do not want to have to fail you. I thought you didn't believe in grades. Of course I believe in grades. I was testing you and you passed. Good work, Summer. Four and a half gold stars for you. Welcome, everyone, to the latest edition of the Writer's Block Podcast, episode 35, and we are officially into the NFL offseason uh, with Rookie Minicamp coming around the corner. I am your host, Brandon Laurie. Alongside me, of course, I have my co-host, Jess Navars. You can follow us on Twitter at, at @BrandonIsRight and at JessNavars underscore. Like I mentioned, the NFL offseason is officially here. It's kicking off this weekend in Dallas with the Rookie Minicamp, and just for anybody who's a uh, unfamiliar with the NFL schedule as it stands right now. You have the rookie minicamp, of course, this weekend. Then you have also the OTA offseason workouts starting May 22nd in between there, between then and June 15th. And then you also have mandatory minicamp, which is June 6th through 8th. So there's going to be a lot of things going on in Cowboys land between now and June. But Jess, you're going to be there this weekend, hopefully getting all the details about all the new guys coming in. What are you excited about mostly besides getting a nice tan if it's outside about rookie minicamp? Yeah, no, I burn. Um, so a tan is just not an option for me, but it is very cool uh, to be able to talk about all that on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, um, you know, all, all of that. And this is my first time doing that because remember, we started that podcast um, when preseason had started. So we missed this chunk of the offseason. So I'm just excited to see how it really is operated at this point because I haven't, it's a new experience for me. I haven't been there. I haven't seen it. Um, but more than anything, you see the full circle moment of the guys that are coming in here as rookies and they don't have the star on their helmets yet and they're working for that. And um, you, you see the beginning of their journey actually unfold before you actually see what they become. And I think to me, that's just the coolest thing. Um, these guys work so hard for this moment, uh, for everything to come to light like it is. And so to actually see them have that moment of like, I did it. I'm here. This is incredible that moment alone is is count me in for it all day every day so um yeah i'm excited to go there and and um yeah talk about it on girls talk boys talk because uh Haley and aisha will i believe also be there Haley, yes aisha yes um just always really fun and especially just being like women in that environment always really cool uh to represent women in sports you know you might have to invest in like a bucket hat this way you get full coverage of uh well know. i'm not kidding i'm gonna go out there anytime i go outside this summer period and i learned this last summer living in texas is my first texas summer i have to literally lather the sunscreen on like you see in movies with like the, the guys on the beaches with the white nose because they have sunscreen on that is me i have to or i guarantee you like i just burned to a crisp but there's no 
um, there's no warning. That's the worst part about it. It's like I'm outside, I'm walking, and then I'm burned just like that. So um, if anybody has any recommendations on some good sunscreens, please let me know. Yeah, I need SPF 3000 uh, as well. And and the one thing that you always forget is your scalp. That's the one thing everybody always forgets, not wearing a hat or a bucket hat. And then all of a sudden you wake up the next morning and your head is on fire. Um, yes. Um, and just your nose. It's always my nose that gets sunburned. Um, so I'm not even joking when I say I lather on the sunscreen like that. Um, my shoulders, even when I went back home to New Mexico, I got burned. Yeah. I mean, Brandon, what is going on? I can't win. I can't win uh, no matter where I'm going. The sun is just going to sun. It's going to burn me yeah. no matter where I go. And you know what? We're in the same boat. And I think the other part about rookie mini camp that's exciting is we finally get to see the Cowboys in uniforms again. And it has been a very long time, of course, since the playoff loss that you really haven't seen the Cowboys in action. Of course, the rookies, they're walking and they don't really know anything about the playbook. They're really just going to be learning. So don't expect much to come out of the weekend. But you get to see players like Deuce Vaughn. You get to see Mozzie Smith, you know, the first round pick and all the interviews that might come out from their undrafted free agents, of course, as well. So are there any rookies for you before we get started uh, that you're excited to see uh, this weekend? I mean, I don't think there's any specifically, obviously, everybody's dying to see Deuce oh, yeah. because of Deuce, but like all of them, because really, the no matter what the story is coming into the draft, you're all in an equal playing field at this point going in. No matter how good you were in college, what records you set, what you did, what you didn't do, it's all an equal playing field now, and now you have the chance to really elevate. So. I don't really think there's anybody on like, I'm dying to see them. No, I'm just dying to see this rookie class as a whole because it's exciting to see how this team is just growing overall. So as a whole, yes, individually, I'm going to be watching them for their own reasons. Yeah. But I love just seeing them as a whole and, and what they bring to the team that already was. I think two players in particular, and like I mentioned, you're really not getting much out of this weekend. Really, it's just them going through the motions and everything. And I think for me, two players, DeMarvian Overshone, I think when you get to see how maybe Dan Quinn wants to use him, apparently he's also very good when it comes to being a quarterback spy. And I think that when it comes to playing these mobile quarterbacks like a Jalen Hurts, I think it's going to play uh, a big role into how Dan Quinn wants to use him when you're playing uh, an opponent like the Eagles. So I think if you see him moving around, kind of being a chess piece, I think that'll be a good indicator of what's ahead for him this season. And also, too, I think the corner Eric Scott Jr. is an intriguing name, especially since the Cowboys traded up for him. He's, he's the only player that the Cowboys actually traded up to get in this draft. So when that happens, they usually have an idea of how they want to use him. Dan Quinn probably has a vision for him. And during the draft live coverage, I tried getting in touch with Eric Galkel, who is the director of uh, football operations and player personnel for the East West Shrine game. He's somebody who I met when I was there last year for the East West Shrine game. Great guy. They do such great work there. And I reached out to him. I said, you know, who is Eric Scott? You know, what does he bring to the table for the Cowboys? And he responded. He said, Eric is an awesome physical and explosive outside cornerback. He wins with his hands and strength on the perimeter and was incredibly impressive uh, this past season. His vertical and broad jump were elite and highlight his upside as a perimeter player and tackler. So that's directly from the guy who actually scouted him to bring him in. And they don't just bring in anybody. Of course, they want to showcase a lot of these guys, but that's what we also saw in his highlight film, everything, and that he's a very good tackler when he's not afraid of the football. And that's something that the Cowboys have lacked at the cornerback position, it seems like, last year. So I think there's just an emphasis on the Cowboys getting better when it comes to stopping the run. And he's a player that kind of fits that mold. So I'm interested to see where he fits into all this. And and like you mentioned, 
this is like a clean slate for all these players. They're starting at ground zero. You could have been the, the all-star of your team last year and in high school, but you're coming in here and you need to earn the star. That's what they always talk about. So um, I always also get a kick about how long some of the names are on the helmets with the brother P-Touch. Yeah. Like Luke yep. Schoonmaker, you're going to see Schoonmaker from like the left <laughs> side of the helmet all the way to the right. Um, yes. So that'll be fun to see. Yeah, and I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up Schoonmaker because – I think something I'm really just honed in on overall is this tight end room going into this season. So that starts this weekend. You know, it doesn't just start in training camp come July or OTAs here in the next few weeks. It starts now because I want to see what these younger tight ends are going to bring into this room that's already pretty well established. And, you know, though Dalton Schultz was a loss over the offseason, I'm not worried about. There's still no drop off really when you see what the tight end room is already with Jake and Peyton and, and Sean in there. So um, I'm excited to see that group as a whole. So uh, Schoonmaker, going to have my eyes on him uh, just to see what camaraderie he's going to bring into that room. Because like I said, that tight end room is just so special. And no, I'm not biased towards the tight end position, Brandon. We were talking about this before. I'm not biased, but I'm actually really excited that the Cowboys are in a position to use tight ends and be creative with them, which is not something that we've really seen in Cowboys past. And now you have that flexibility and that opportunity. Sign me up for that. I'm I'm so excited to see that. And also to see maybe where Mike McCarthy wants to use a lot of these offensive players, Brian Schottenheimer. We haven't seen uh, anybody with regards to how they want to use their offense. And so this will be the first time, and I'm sure they're not going to tip their hand and show anybody anything with when it comes to deep inside the playbook because you don't have the veteran players there. These are just rookies. So, But it'll be interesting to see how Mike McCarthy wants to run practice as being the play caller, you know, the offensive coordinator mixed with him and Brian Schott. Um, so you have to give all the details on that and what you see. Yeah, I'm really excited just in general too, um, to see how Schottenheimer is in general. I haven't seen him yet. I haven't gotten to meet him. Um, but just to see kind of the aura, if you will, that he brings uh, into the building, because it's really interesting to just meet somebody and, and get a good um, feel of their character, you know, like what they're going to be like, how they are. Um, and Mike McCarthy's talked really highly of him. And so y'all know if Mike McCarthy says it's a good thing and it's a good change, I'm all for that. I was all for uh, changing things up this offseason as far as that offensive coordinator position and moving on from Kellen Moore, uh, only because it, it looked like it got to be a bigger and bigger an issue, bigger and bigger issue uh, as the season went on last year. So I'm excited. And anytime you get a veteran guy like Schottenheimer in the building, Really, it's it's just a, a perk and an advantage at that point. So speaking of people who are already in the building, uh, enough with the the, the fluff talk. Um, we're going to get into, you know, what we're calling the Dallas Cowboys progress report. And this is something that Jess uh, brought up, you know, a few weeks ago. It was still within the draft season. And I, we thought this would be a great idea to bring, especially with the offseason kicking off. And really, it fits well within the timeline of a lot of people are getting out of school. The semester is going to be over. The year is going to be over for a lot of people. So we're going to hand out grades. We're going to look at the position groups as a whole and figure out where it stacks up within to the 2023 season, where our comfortable, uh, comfortable ability is at with the position group if we think that it's a red alarm fire uh, heading into uh, the 2023 training camp season or it's something that we're very comfortable with so of course we're going to start with the star position of the Cowboys we're going to start with the quarterback position and as it stands of course we have Dak Prescott we have Cooper Rush and we have Will Greer so starting with the man himself number four 
Jess, what are the expectations for Dak entering his eighth season? Which, when I saw that again, it just it hits you like a ton of bricks. Uh, it makes me feel old because uh, I was still in high school when he came into the league. So now I'm out of high school. I just don't want to think about that time in my life. But where is he at entering his eighth season with the Cowboys? Well, first of all, it just made me feel old. Yes, hearing entering his eighth season and then hearing <laughs> you were still in high school because I was not. Yeah. Uh, I was in college at that point already. So thank you, Brandon, for the reminder that I'm just so old. Um, just kidding. We're not old. And uh, I'm going to stop with the side talk because we got scolded about that on Twitter. Brandon, <laughs> we're not allowed to be humans. Okay. Uh, <laughs> kidding. Kidding, everybody. Uh, kind of. But uh, back to Jack, because here's the thing. What I really like about Dak is he is well aware of the fact that you don't have to be going into your second season to make a jump, right? You hear that that term, second-year jump, a lot. And what's not really talked about enough is that all these guys strive to make a jump every single season that they're within this organization, or really they should be in, in any organization across the NFL. So um, I'm excited to see what that eighth-year jump looks like, and I'm excited to see the player he becomes – even more under Mike McCarthy because, again, you don't have Kellen Moore uh, play calling anymore, so the scheme is very different. Um, Mike's only saying about a 30% change, but to be honest, when you think about that, I think that's what you're going to start with. You're going to start with a 30% change so you're not overwhelming and confusing everybody with your new playbook, and then you could see it transform as the season continues and you see people getting more comfortable, specifically Dak Prescott. Um, So for me, I'm just very excited to see Dak um, have the team built around him and not feel like he has to have the weight of the world on his shoulders at all times to be the hero, to be making all the plays to make sure that these guys are winning because it, it means it trickles down to every aspect of your offense just knowing what they're doing. There's no confusion. Everyone knows where they're going. You know their routes. You know, overall, I'm just really excited to see him take that jump. And to me transform into i am the nfc veteran i am that guy i am that person um and to me when you have schottenheimer in as oc um and then you have mike mccarthy and calling the plays i i really think you're going to see the best version of jack possible and look i'm obviously excited to see him have a better season uh in terms of interceptions and i say that so confidently because i just know I, I, I know deep down in my heart uh, that if it's up to Dak's control and it is under his control, you won't see that again. And uh, that's just something that we know about Dak is he will do anything he can to fix that problem. And uh, to me, he's already in the works to fixing that when he's getting all the offseason work in with his wide receivers now, C.D. Lamb, uh, even guys like Jalen Tolbert are getting some um, some action right there in, in the backyard, right? His his backyard setup. So for me, I'm excited to see Dak under this new reign of officially, I'm calling it the Mike McCarthy era because Kellen Moore was kind of the last to go, um, I, I think, to officially enter the full Mike McCarthy era. Well, I perfectly, I agree with everything that you said. It's also funny when you see people on Twitter, they're like, what the Dak yard, is that what they call, you know, the Cowboys facility? It's like, that's not, you, you know, how entitled it's like, no, 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 no. The guy actually has a football field, you know, built for him. So it's like, can we just relax with that? Um, but I think it's also, it's critical because now he, like you brought up, he's the longest tenured vet in the NFC, you know, being the starter with their, with the same team. And, 
I think that's also a, a shout out and a kudos to Dak and everything that he's meant to the Cowboys. It also means that, you know, it's been a case of you need to get the right guy around him. And they there's been success. There's been downturns, just a spiral career for him. But I think that when you look at Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy, what it's been like for him as the quarterback, of the Cowboys, it's been a lot of flashy numbers, a lot of flashy statistics. And I don't think you might see that from him this year. I mean, you go back to, to 2021, the success that he had. Um, he had an 11-5 record, of course, as being the starter, but he also had almost 4,500 yards, a 37 touchdown to 10 interception ratio. And you might not see that. Maybe Dak throws for 25 uh, touchdowns and maybe four interceptions this year. And does that mean he's not going to be a great quarterback? No, I just think Mike McCarthy has talked about he wants him to take care of the football, make sure he's not turning the football over, and just be smart and be situational aware uh, with whatever's going on in game. So, I think that when Kellen Moore was here, it was a lot more flashy numbers. So I don't think you're going to be seeing that from Dak this year. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because you just want him to be the leader of the offense. And I think when it comes to expectations for him, he fits right within the top tiers. And I'll get into that in a few other questions from now, but where he fits within the hierarchy of the NFC quarterbacks. And I think you put him right up there um, with everybody else, especially like a Jalen Hurts. And I think that for him, He's entering his eighth season. He's seen a lot. He's been around. He hasn't had the postseason success that a lot of fans want in Cowboys Nation. So I do think that he has to get to the divisional round. He has to lead the Cowboys back to the divisional round at least, at bare minimum. Um, and, of course, you know, it's out of his control if certain things happen. Players fumble the ball after it's a completed pass. We saw a lot of the interceptions last year weren't really on him. It was on the receivers, not really securing the ball, securing the catch, especially the Peyton Hendershot one against the Titans. And so he just has to not cripple the Cowboys, like make sure that you're not the reason for their loss and everything that happens in the postseason. So I think that's where it stands as just a baseline for him. But like I kind of alluded to, where would you rank him amongst the other quarterbacks in the NFC? Because when I was looking at it, the only quarterback in the NFC that has won a Super Bowl is Matthew Stafford. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts was has been to the Super Bowl. When you look at just quarterbacks who have won a Super Bowl, been to the mountaintop, Matt Stafford is the only one, and that is out of all the starters in the NFC. So where would you peg him uh, within the hierarchy of where it stands right now? That's insane. Um, that's insane. Just yeah. how much yeah. things have changed this offseason alone in the NFC. Uh, but then even just look at recent history, the last couple of seasons, how much things have changed in the NFC. Because, um, you know, obviously we're not talking about an Aaron Rodgers monster in the NFC anymore. And um, so that alone, that takes a big weight off of your shoulders uh, as a Cowboys fan until you find out that they play the Jets uh, oh, yeah. at home this season. So, um, you know, but all that aside, I think when you're talking about ranking him, it's only fair that when you compare him and Jalen Hurts, because really that is the battle. That is the NFC battle now is Dak and Jalen Hurts. That is what it is. Um, and, and I would hope that any fan of a team within the NFC could agree to that because that's just being logical here. Jalen Hurts obviously had a very tremendous season getting his team to the Super Bowl, as we know. Um, but also, he's young. And I forget how young Jalen Hurts is. And that's an advantage that Dak doesn't have anymore. And Dak going into that eighth season, he has the veteran advantage over Jalen Hurts, sure. But Jalen Hurts still very young and kind of in his prime, um, if you will. So that's always kind of intimidating when, you, when you're when you trying to compare the two and, and even trying to rank them. But I think when you kind of have the checks and the balances of them as quarterbacks, they're two very different quarterbacks, right? So we know Jalen Hurts love his, loves his RPO. Uh, Dak, not so much an RPO quarterback, as we know. Um, and that's okay, 
But we don't really know what kind of quarterback we're going to get out of Dak Prescott and what kind of play we're going to get under Mike McCarthy's play calling. I, I mean, really, what if what if he shocks us all and, and they go RPO style? We don't know yet. But um, what I see when, when you talk about rankings is, yeah, Matt Stafford, incredible quarterback, but he's also older. He's past his prime. Um, and, and you can't count him out of anything, but you also have to look at the team he has around him um, because that's a big, big part of any quarterback's success is it's not just about them, believe it or not. Wow. Um, it's actually a team uh, unit. Crazy, crazy concept, I know. Um, but I think when you're looking and you're comparing just the quarterback play alone, look, I want to put Dak at number one. I do. I really do, but if you're basing it just off of last season alone, Jalen Hurts definitely um, had the better season. Um, overall, though, I'm going to give Dak the benefit any day um, and say that he's up there. He he can be the number one. It's just, again, it's the team he has around him, and that does include coaching that, that works for him. Um, Jalen Hurts, though, we'll see. Jalen Hurts has uh, an equal amount of pressure going into this season. Can he replicate taking his team back to the Super Bowl. Once you set the bar that high, my guy, and you don't do it, you'd be surprised at how, like, me and your fans become fairly quickly, especially when you're in Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to put Dak up there. It's it's really, that's the battle of the NFC. You have Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. That is the battle of the quarterbacks. That is like your um, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Yep. That's that's really what this battle is now. And I think it's also a testament to why Cowboys fans are clamoring for success now because they see how open the NFC is. And even if you just get to the Super Bowl and you represent the NFC, of course, you know, you might have Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you look at the AFC, it is a gauntlet. And I remember there was something that came out where I forget who it was, but they said, you know, they listed all the quarterbacks from the AFC and they said six of these guys will be only making it to the playoffs. And you saw that the other names off the list, like they, they're good names, like Lamar Jackson might not be going to the playoffs. And you think about how good of a quarterback he would be in the NFC and where he would rank. He might rank above Dak because he has the MVP on him as well. But it's a great point on how that Dak is really the 1B to Jalen Hurts' 1A. I just think it's the eye of the beholder. Like, where do you want to win in, in today's NFL? Is it somebody who is more of the traditional pocket passer like Dak is? Like, Dak is a better thrower, I think, than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has certainly improved, but Jalen Hurts is also better with his legs, and Dak's sort of kind of taken that out of his game a little bit more. He's shown a more willingness to do it, especially going further past the injury, but I think that Jalen Hurts just provides something that Dak doesn't have right now, and that doesn't mean that he's a better quarterback, just when it comes to the hierarchy of the NFC, he's sort of what you want to play with and be in an offense leading, you know, your offense uh, that he does with the Eagles. So I think he really is the the one B to Jalen Hurts is one A. And Kyle Brandt kind of put the tiers out there, and he said Jalen Hurts was at tier one by himself, and then in tier two it was Dak as the first one, and then Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford. I mean, Dak, <laughs> Kirk Cousins, no. Matthew Stafford. You look at all three of those names. Probably Matthew Stafford and Dak are more comparable than Dak and Kirk Cousins. But that just it shows you where the NFC is right now and where he fits yeah. into it and why the Cowboys should have success this year. Isn't that insane how much things have changed when you're talking in terms of the NFC? That yeah. those are really like your top tier quarterbacks in the NFC right now is you're talking about Kirk Cousins being one of the most elite quarterbacks in the NFC. And he is. I mean, look, what he did in Minnesota last season was was great. I mean, for a second there, we were all worried going into that Minnesota game. 
we were worried and who would have thought right but i think kirk's also a, a prime example of what happens when you build a team around your quarterback and when your quarterback is set up for success something that i don't think he's really seen in the duration of his career until last season really with minnesota and that's why he was so successful he had all his weapons look again we were worried guys there was a time we were worried we were going to lose to the vikings and um they were in the super bowl conversation what mid-season people were already throwing that out there for them yeah um so again i laugh but i'm also just laughing at the fact that wow like things really do change because I'm, i'm thinking back to even just eight years ago and how much things have changed since then um, to the names you're throwing out that are the top tier of the NFC. And eight years ago, I mean, really, you you look at even Dak's rookie year, people were like, who? Yeah. Who's that? Dak? That, that's that's how you say his name? Dak? Dak, Dak who? Um, insane how much things change, really, though. And so looking at another aspect, it's, again, when we're, when we're looking at re- – given out a report card a grade for this position especially with Dak you can't overlook the injury history and that's something I put on and I know it's a lot more freak injuries that have happened but when you do look at the past three seasons he's only been available for 33 out of the 50 games and of course in 2020 not a lot of success with over the past two years though Cooper Rush has been the backup and we'll get to him in a little bit but the Cowboys have found more success going a 5-1 and record without Dak but still you want your starter to be available to be the guy And you see Dak has had sort of an injury history when it comes to a calf, a thumb, of course, his ankle. Are you worried at all now that he's getting up there in age, uh, his body's starting to break down a little bit? And again, I don't I don't think that anything's going to happen, especially this year with him, because I do think that he's a resilient guy. These are more freak injuries, but it's something when you look at the overall landscape of who he is as a quarterback, it's something that you kind of have to think about just a little bit. I mean, of course, you you always think about it when you're talking about a guy entering his eighth season. That's that's something you you think about. But what I really like from Dak is it seems like he's the kind of guy that just takes care of his body overall. Yeah. Um, so getting that work in in the off season, not letting his muscles uh, or his muscle memory really disintegrate during the off season, still taking very good care of himself. I think that's so important, um, especially now that he is getting up there in age, which is so weird to say because we're literally the same age. Uh, football age is just so weird. I, I mean, you're talking about a guy in his, his what, upper 20s, and, and you're saying, oh, he's so old. No, it's just when you're in a physical sport like football and you're taking hits like he has had to take, um, it, it does. It takes a toll on your body, but for me, I'm not too worried about it because like you said, his injury history is all just a series of unfortunate events. I mean, the thumb injury last season, that was ridiculous. That was just the perfect timing, the perfect hit to his thumb that of course was on his throwing hand. You know, like you can't make that up because he didn't do anything to make that happen. It was just the perfect hit uh, at the perfect time. And um, you even go back to the calf injury that, Again, freak accident. The ankle, super freak accident. Um, He had a a shoulder injury at one point. And the thing about Dak is if it's up to him, he's not going to sit out. It's (laughs) He has just this fight and this resilience to to stay in the game. And um, I I don't let it worry me because I know that it's not a nagging reoccurring injury, right? So something I had worried about coming out of the 2020 season with the ankle injury was, 
oh my goodness, are we going to see like a constant like ankle ache for Dak Prescott? And that was the most massive injury that he's had. And it was horrific uh, for him. But we have not seen another ankle injury pop up for Dak at that point. And I think now we're at a good time to evaluate that when you're talking in terms of injury history to say, okay, so it's not a nagging pain for him. It's not going to be a reoccurring injury um, that nags at him that he can't really move on because it hasn't been an issue. I mean, if we were talking about an injury history where since that point it was another ankle injury, another one, another one, another one, then the conversation would be very different. Um, You know, I remember with Tony Romo, it was always the The same injuries. It was the back, it was the collarbone, and you knew. Like, as soon as Tony would go down in games, you knew what the injury was. So to me, it's a very promising thing of – Dak's health right now that you know when you saw his thumb get hurt you didn't even know what happened you were like wait what happened and he has not had a constant nagging injury that has come back to reoccur just a series of unfortunate events so no um if anything that o-line better work to protect him so we don't have any more uh series of unfortunate events and they ended with a thumb injury because yeah, that was such a bizarre injury last season. And I'm I'm sad for Dak because I, I think that kind of changed the trajectory of the season he was supposed to have um, since he kind of got a later start, uh, missing, what what was it, five games? Um, and, and we'll talk about Cooper Rush and all of that. But I think what you were supposed to see out of Dak, barring the thumb injury, uh, last season, you'll see from him early on this season and feel, having him feel more comfortable um, under the Mike McCarthy scheme. Uh, shout out to Lemony Snicket, uh, series of unfortunate events. Uh, Such a great book series. Yeah, and Jim Carrey uh, as well, too. Uh, great great yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great job uh, for Jim Carrey. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned the freak, the freak nature of all these injuries, and I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's just something that a lot of people think about. It's something when you look at long-term health for Dak when it comes to contract negotiations. These are all things that are brought up, but you also look at the Cowboys and who they have as their medical staff. I mean, it's second to none uh, when it comes to the Cowboys and who they have, Britt Brown, all those guys. And I think with Dak, you mentioned he's a gamer. Like He showed that a lot of these injuries don't have an effect on him mentally. Now, I mean, certain things when it comes to the interceptions and everything, maybe his thumb injury played a factor into it, but you're trying to get the guy back to normal mid-season as the season is rolling on. And to me, you saw the Dak and who he was at the Tampa Bay game in the wild card round. And like, that is the guy where thumb injury be damned. Like you did not see anything get hampered by that. So I think it's just a case where he maybe needed to get an adjustment during the season. He found his groove towards the end. It was a clear, visible evidence of that. Um, So I think just he has an entire offseason to train, to recover, he has a great, you know, build for the modern NFL quarterback. He's bigger. Uh, you can see that he cares and takes care of his body in the offseason. So I don't think that that's going to be an issue. So as we transition into the next guy, I just want to ask one last question about Dak. How can he get better in 2023 in your eyes? You mentioned the interception issue. Is that where it starts and ends for you? Or is there something else that not really people are talking about that you want to you want to mention? No, I, I obviously the interceptions were an issue, but I think that was again, a one-time thing. Yeah. I, I don't see that being an issue. In fact, I'm not going into the season. Like when is he going to throw an interception? No, that's ridiculous. I'm not even worried about interceptions this season. Um, I think how he can improve is doing exactly what he's doing right now, which is one taking care of your body, body, not losing that muscle memory 
And two, building your chemistry and connection with your wide receiver and yep. your tight end room as it is now and as it stands now, uh, getting CD more comfortable. And then especially because he doesn't have Dalton Schultz, who would tend to be his, his clutch and his safety blanket, um, getting that established with somebody like Jake Ferguson, who has been getting offseason work with him, is how he can improve. Um, in the sense that he's just more comfortable and everybody around him is more comfortable to where when it's game time, it's not a matter of, oh, we, we need to build this connection now because we're we're in the moment. No, you already have those connections built. They know your nuances. They know you. You know, it, it's really a, a song and dance here when it when it comes to your your quarterback and your receivers and even your tight ends that I'm throwing in that receiver group, because I, I really think that's what you're going to see a lot of with them. Um within Mike McCarthy's play calling. But I think overall how he can improve is just being more comfortable within the play calling. And that is going to be seen with time where we're going to see that, um, you know, probably a little bit more in training camp. And to be honest, I don't think we're going to really see it until maybe the first three or four weeks of the season. So how he can improve, be more comfortable, establish what you're establishing with your guys and keep going up from there. Again, the interceptions are out of my head at this point they're not even a conversation worth having with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Uh, anymore. I love how you worded that because when people say, fix the interceptions, fix the interceptions, well, that's sort of like glass half empty. But how you can fix that is keep building the chemistry with your guys. And that was sort of throughout the season, we were saying, oh, well, CD's taking the wrong routes and Dak's missing him. And it's like, okay, well, that can be fixed in the offseason. Like, do the practice, do the reps, and keep that word interception out of your mind because it's the same thing with a pitcher when they get the yips. You know, you can't throw the ball to home plate or a catcher can't throw the ball back to a pitcher. It says, like, the minute that that gets in your mind, the sports psychology of it all, you start really, like, getting out of rhythm, out of your mind, out of your head, and it's just you have to control what you can control. Forget the interceptions are happening and just focus on the chemistry with your guys. Brandon Cooks talked about during the home run derby how Dak is he's played with a lot of quarterbacks and he said Dak is one of the best he's been around, if not the best. So I think that they need to build chemistry. Keep building with CD. We saw that Amari Cooper and Dak had a really good chemistry early on, but I think because Amari Cooper is a vet. He's been around for a while. CD is now reaching that point where, okay, you've been with Dak for now going into your fourth season, which again is crazy in itself, but it's like 
you've been around Dak a lot. You probably haven't been able to play with him as much because Dak's injury kept him out in 2020, a little bit last year, but just keep working at it. Keep growing the chemistry and you'll see it translate to the field. So that's what I put. I put down, stay healthy, limit the interceptions and build the chemistry. So I think we're on the same page. Yeah. And I think too, with that, it's Dak knowing what his receivers are capable of now, because CD, you have to remember this time last year, CD, yes, knew he was going to be wide receiver one, but I don't think he really embraced that role until maybe mid-season yeah. when he was in his mid-season form and the OBJ conversation kind of started to be like, look, man, if, if you can't do this, we'll bring someone in here that's absolutely going to create havoc. And I think from that point on, you look and you saw a different CD. So to see CD go into this season in that form already and have that confidence that he is wide receiver one is amazing. And then you also add Brandon Cooks to that layer and Dak already talking about, oh, this guy's speedy. Like, that's a different kind of speed. Look, if Dak knows what you're capable of doing and he feels confident in it, he's going to throw you the ball, period. And you're going to be that safety blanket. So, um, again, that goes down with the chemistry. That goes down with just continuing to work on it, you know. And, and I love that the guys took the initiative this offseason to go over to Dak's in, in the Dak yard and, and work on that. I think that already shows you what this offense wants and uh, they want improvement from where they were last season. Also shout out to uh, the off the field team building activities where Dak and CD were shown at the formula one racing over the weekend and stuff. It's just like little things like that where you see them around each other, similar where it was Dak or uh, Tony and Jason Witten, you know, Tony and Dez in the off season, like all those guys would always hang out. And that's where you want to build a brotherhood, a camaraderie and something where you can kind of take that and translate it to the field. And not only that, but you have to remember, you're going into the season without a Dak and Zeke camaraderie now. Yeah. So that really does change the form of how he sees CD, I think, at this point. That's a great point. Because you have to remember, like, Zeke was his number one. That was his number one guy from day one. They they went through it together since day one. And now CD really steps into that role for Dak that, hey, Maybe I wasn't with you since day one, but I've been with you really the longest at this point. And it's our team now. We have to take control of this and take the reins on it. So um, Zeke not being in the locker room, I think, also impacts um, CD and, and Dak's dynamics a little bit more, too. That's a fantastic point. Something I didn't even think about. And that's what you get from from Jess Navarez. Uh, so going. I try, guys. I yeah. try. And so transitioning to somebody who's no longer in the locker room, that was their security blanket. Noah Brown's no longer here, but Cooper Rush is still here. And that was sort of the same thing with with Dak and Zeke. And of course, Cooper Rush is back on a two year, five million dollar deal. Uh, the first question I want to ask is, are you happy that he's back? And B, did you expect him even to come back after the season that he had last year? Yes and yes. Um, (laughs) Wow, more confident than me. (laughs) Yes, I was very happy to see that he came back, especially after what he did to keep the Cowboys afloat, which, yes, guys, we got to stop being so impressed by the bare minimum here. But at the same time, when it's come to the backup quarterback history, and I'm not talking about Dak at this point, he's, he's the exception here, you haven't been fully confident in a backup to be able to keep you afloat, right? When literally when Dak went down, I, I will never forget walking out of the stadium. Um, everyone's like, oh, that's it. The season's over. We're done. Uh, just, it's all the dramatics, okay? And no, 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 no. Cooper Rush walked in and said, uh-uh, we're not going down without a fight. And I think it wasn't until this season that people really understood how long Cooper Rush has been in this building to understand that, it would be an issue if he couldn't step in and do what he did. And 
yeah, so I was really excited to see that he decided to come back, especially because, yeah, you can get a backup quarterback, right? You, you could have gotten one in the draft. You could have um, shopped around in free agency. But the, the thing is, is Cooper Rush has, um, to me, a one-up on everybody else that's an option where he is right now because he's been around for so long. He's been through the highs and the lows. He knows what works. He knows the playbook already. You're not expecting somebody to come in and learn all this stuff as they go. Cooper Ash already knows all of this. Um, so yes, I was happy to see him return. And did I expect him to return? Also, yes, because here's the thing. He could have gotten a starting job. I'm, I'm convinced he could have gotten a starting a starting quarterback position at any point. Um, but then you also look at people like Andy Dalton, and and to me this is a perfect example because Andy Dalton was you know since Dak Prescott, I think the backup quarterback that I trusted the most um, at that point. I was really excited when he uh, signed on with the Cowboys, and then you look at where Andy Dalton is now, and. Yes, he's been a successful quarterback, but but if you have the opportunity to make the money and and probably close to the same amount of money you would as a starter and you're still a backup in a place that you're very co- comfortable and familiar with, why would you not? You know, I mean, and and you have to remember, Kaparash is up there in age too, so I'm sure he doesn't want to uh, take beatings as the <laughs> starting quarterback if he doesn't have to, but um I thought for sure he might have gotten some offers uh, for a starting position. But then also, as soon as Dak came back, people kind of forgot about Cooper Rush and all he did. So, um, I don't know. I was happy. So, yes and yes. Those, I hope that answers your question. Well, and we were talking about during Christmas time that he was our gingerbread man. You know, like that's what we were calling him. And uh, the Red Rifle, of course, Andy Dalton, was that was his nickname. But to me, yeah, it's, that was fun. It, it, was, it was something where you didn't appreciate who he is, like you said, his experience and everything until you saw it translate to the field. And I think that for me, I, I'm completely over the moon that he's back. I did not expect him to return at all because, like you mentioned, I thought he'd have other offers on the table. Nick Eatman of DallasCowboys.com really, like, he broke it down and said, it seemed like that, by all accounts, he was going to take a visit to the Las Vegas Raiders. And for whatever reason, with circumstances of weather, the flight was canceled. And he said, you know what, maybe this is a sign just to come back to Dallas. And We love that. We love a man that reads the signs. Yeah. And, we love it. And you mentioned it's he's up there in age. He also has a family. You know, you have to think about what it takes to move your family from state to state. And, and you know, I think he had a, just another daughter this offseason. So it's just you think about all those things. And maybe it's better just yeah. to stay where you're at. And if the money's the same, why uproot your family where you're at and again no state income tax that's a lot especially for a guy who's not making a lot as opposed Mm -hmm. to like a Dak Prescott so you need all the money you can get you need all the experience you can get and he has a great relationship with Dak by all accounts and not only that but with Kellen Moore leaving it's somebody that Dak can kind of lean on and say okay what are you seeing you know it's not just somebody who's you're you're thrust into a new offense where there's nobody there to lean on outside of Mike McCarthy like if there's a meeting where Mike McCarthy is just doing something else, okay, he can really break things down with Cooper Rush to be that second voice in his ear. So I think that's fantastic. And the next question I want to ask, speaking of Kellen Moore, is how comfortable then are you with Cooper Rush being here with all the success that he had with Kellen Moore and his offense, but with now Moore out of the picture, do you think he could have that same success with Mike McCarthy? Yes. I think at this point, any quarterback that is in the Cowboys locker room should have just as much success if not more with yeah. Mike McCarthy in that position because it's 
it's kind of crazy to me actually that people think that and and this is no shade to kellen moore this is just basic knowledge here is you think somebody like a, a veteran that has been doing this for 30 years like mike mccarthy for example would not know more than somebody like kellen moore who has not been doing it for 30 years i mean mike mccarthy's basically been doing this for as long as kellen moore has been alive like, how would that not make sense that Pretty he would to to better them, right? Yeah. Um, so to me, yeah, I think, look, again, this is no shade to Kellen. I, I really do wish the guy well. It just was time to go. And, and you see this kind of expiration date when it comes to coaching, I think especially. You see it with players. You see it really within any sport that you watch. But – with him, his expiration date came. And what he was doing just simply was not working for the team that they were building. And that's what it comes down to. But with Mike McCarthy, he has been building this team to really his coaching era. So to me, it would just only make sense that, yeah, he should call the plays because he's built really what we're seeing since 2020. He's built this team from the ground up. And I cannot believe that you look back at what this team was in 2020 to where they are going into the season. Yeah. And yeah, no, I will, I, I will say I will be eating a lot of crow if uh, the Cowboys offense is unsuccessful because of Mike McCarthy's play calling this off season um, and, and just the changes he's going to bring. But I'm confident that I'm not going to have to do that yeah. because yeah. it just seems like a change that needed to be made. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think Cooper Rush can absolutely learn a lot from Mike McCarthy being in this position now. And it makes me feel even more confident with him being your quarterback too. Uh, absolutely. And I do think that he's going to thrive and succeed. And again, it's the voice that he's heard for the previous few seasons. You know, uh, he had success with Mike McCarthy, you know, last year and this year. And I do think that when he became the starter, knowing that, Dak was going to be out for a long period of time. We saw in that Cincinnati game, Mike McCarthy said as much that he had to kind of sit down with Kellen Moore and kind of retool the offense to fit Cooper Rush. So he's still here. You know, Kellen Moore is the only one that's leaving. So if he had success last year, I think a lot of that had to pertain to Mike McCarthy. And he might even prefer to have Cooper Rush as his backup where he might not be this sort of flashy name, this guy who's going to be running around the field a lot. Like Ben DiNucci was more of a runner, not so much as a thrower. DiNucci. Yeah, get, shout out to him and getting the tryout with the Broncos. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like Cooper Rush is sort of fits the mold of what Mike McCarthy wants and I think very similar to what Dak is as just a, a passer, not as much as being an athlete. So I guess the last question about Cooper Rush is how can he get better in 2023? I put for me, I'd said, if you get the opportunity to keep winning and keep improving, you know, you're never going to be uh, somebody who I think is going to be getting a starter role for 17 games. Just And he embraces that role. I think he understands it. He, he knows where his position is. He knows he's the number two guy. He's not going to push Dak to be a starter, but he knows that if his name is called upon, he can be the one to answer the call and just keep the team winning. And, and honestly, I guess the main thing would be is if you play the Eagles, just play better than you did last year. That That's all I would have to say. I love that. Yeah, no, I think for him, it, it goes along to keep doing what he's been doing, which is keep the chemistry with the guys because you never know when your number is going to be called and yeah. you want to be ready. Um, especially with Noah Brown not being there anymore because we saw how successful um, Noah Brown was when Cooper Rush was in because those were his, that's where his reps went to, you know, it was always to Noah Brown. So I'm interested to see 
um, kind of who that connection is with if we have to ever see it, knock on wood. Hopefully, Jack plays full season, um, you know, but um, I, I think how he can improve is continue to build the chemistry and just dive into headfirst fearless, like Taylor would say, dive into um, Taylor Swift, obviously, guys. If you didn't pick that up, I, I don't know what to tell you at this point. Dive into the Mike McCarthy playbook, all you can absorb all you can and just, and just always be ready. Always be ready for your number to be called, which he hasn't done. Like he has not worried me that he's not doing that up until this point. Right. Like I'm not worried about that, how he can improve. Keep doing what you're doing (laughs) and listen to Mike McCarthy and what, what his, uh, I guess ways are for you to improve. That's how he can do it. So the third guy that hasn't had his number called since his rookie season by getting a start is Will Greer. And he's, I mean, he's been on the roster for a long time now. It's sort of somebody that I always forget. I know last year was really, by all accounts, seemed like he was on the way to being the backup quarterback. Cooper Rush wasn't really having the best training camp, but then all of a sudden Will Will Greer gets injured and that kind of derails his opportunity. We saw flashes against the Chargers in the preseason, but it, it just seems like... Has Cooper Rush really solidified the backup shot or backup job where Will Will Greer doesn't have a shot uh, to become the backup, or is there going to be an opportunity where if the Cowboys want to go younger and Cooper Rush isn't making a, a ton of money, and so if they wanted to release him and go in favor of Will Greer, is that even possible, or are we just so far past that at this point? You can play both sides here. You can play devil's advocate to say, no, there's always room for competition and your spot's never a given. Whether you have a contract or not, you you are never promised that spot, right? Or you can go on the flip side of that and say they wouldn't have given uh, Cooper Rush this contract if they didn't plan for that spot to be his. So it depends kind of how you see it. Um, for me, I think a little competition is, is a good thing. I think it keeps you know, uh, egos in check if, if they ever get there or it just keeps you fresh and it keeps you just working. So for me, I would like to see what Will Greer has in store. I mean, really, I want to see him trying to compete against Cooper Rush at this point because yeah, uh, nothing is promised. You're not promised a, a position within that team, even if you have that contract unlocked. So for me, it's not that... I'm, I'm comfortable with, with Cooper Rush staying where he's at. But for me, I just want to see what Will Greer has up his sleep. Because you saw glimmers of hope, right, like you were talking about. So if he gets opportunities, which he probably will more than likely, uh, to see snaps during the offseason and, and during um, uh, preseason, take every opportunity you can, Will Greer. Grab that, take advantage of that, and really just show us what you got. So... I would like to see a little competition myself, but I I really think it's kind of just written in stone at this point that uh, Cooper Rush is QB2. And I think if Cooper Rush struggled last year, he probably wouldn't be on the roster. Maybe he moves on, and then maybe they do see what they have in Will Greer and they bring in somebody else. But I do think that backup-wise, it's solidified. It's Cooper Rush. But like you mentioned, don't tell him that. Just you know, breed the same competition like what happened last year because maybe that's what turned Cooper Rush into who he was last year for the Cowboys. You kind of press Will Greer, you know, behind him and say, oh, it's not guaranteed that you're going to be the backup just because you're the tenured guy here. And, I mean, Will Greer has been in the league for, I think he's going into year five, year six, I believe year five. So, I mean, he's been around a long time. And, 
I think he still wants to prove, and it seemed like in offseason interviews, he still has that fire to be a starter, to get his opportunity. And I think if you're learning from a guy like Dak, who's seen it all, been through it all, you learn from a guy like Cooper Rush, it's a great room to be a part of. And Mike McCarthy has always had a good quarterback room during his time in Green Bay. And I think that's why they've kept him around for as long as they've had, because if Dak, let's just say, goes down. You need somebody to be the backup to Cooper Rush, and you need somebody who knows the offense, and he's certainly been here long enough to really kind of have a grasp of the offense. And like you said, just ball out in, in training camp. You know, Maybe you get another opportunity with another team. Maybe you finally have your opportunity to fight for that final 53rd roster spot, and, and that'll be another question I ask. But the Cowboys have yet to bring in somebody else for competition as that sort of third quarterback. And I thought if they drafted a guy that would really be – a detriment to Will Greer and potentially Cooper Rush, but um, that that means that Mike McCarthy has some sort of confidence in who they have. And of course, John Mashota, before recording this, announced on Twitter that they, that they do plan on bringing in Matthew McKay, uh, who was a he's going to be the rookie quarterback at the mini camp this weekend. He's from Elon University, no relation to Elon Musk. Uh, for anybody who's confused out there, um, he had over 2,600 yards passing this past season, 21 touchdowns, four interceptions, 458 rushing yards, and three touchdowns. So a little mobility, more of a passer, but again somebody who's a, a training camp arm, if anything. So does that mean that this lack of competition means that Will Greer, it's his job to lose as this third quarterback, that he's going to be getting all the training camp reps, all the preseason reps? Because I don't think you're going to be seeing Dak Prescott, and you might only be seeing a little bit of Cooper Rush. So it feels like this is sort of the Will Greer show, at least for the beginning of 2023. I'm not sure. Um, I, I think, again, you you want some competition in there because you don't want inflated egos or yeah. just, you know, that just goes with anything, really. Um, but I don't know. I I think you see what this guy has. What, what was his name again? I'm so sorry. Matthew McKay. McKay. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, there's a couple names within these undrafted free agents that I'm like, dang, I really have to remember that. McKay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, okay, McKay. That's all you can okay, remember. Okay, yeah. yeah, I love that. No, so the thing is, is I think you you bring McKay in there to kind of compete a little bit and and see what he has. And look, again, these rookies are going in there with something to prove. They have a chip on their shoulder, especially when you're talking about an undrafted free agent. Um, and I will never count out an undrafted free agent quarterback. I just won't look at Tony Romo. Yep. I won't ever count him out. So for me. It doesn't solidify anything. I don't think really – I think Cooper Rush is solidified, but that third-string quarterback position, anything can happen. You never know. And Matthew McKay is somebody who's an invite for rookie minicamp this weekend, so he might not even be signed to the you know training camp roster, somebody who that they want to bring in into training camp. They might bring in a few other guys. I remember a few years ago they brought in these rookies uh, into rookie minicamp, and by all accounts they were not good. It's just you need somebody to, to throw to the wide receivers, run the offense. And so, again, the guys like a McKay, they come in with a chip on their shoulder saying, I'm not even an undrafted free agent. I don't even have a contract with the team. I'm just an invite. So they use that as fuel and fire to be their absolute best. And if it works out, great. You know, you have another guy to compete on the roster. So the final question about Will Greer is we've seen the Cowboys carry three quarterbacks on their active roster. Of course, Will Greer being inactive throughout the entire season for the most part, except when Cooper Rush was the backup. But 
is his roster spot guaranteed? I, when you look at where the Cowboys are with their roster, they could have a fourth running back slash fullback. I know they brought in Hunter Lipke, uh, so maybe he's the, the 53rd guy, the sixth wide receiver. Maybe they want to carry another guy. They drafted Jalen Brooks, so is it between Simi Fajoko, Jalen Brooks, or do they want to bring both guys onto the active roster? And you also have a need to always carry an extra offensive lineman, defensive lineman, so... Where does Will Greer fit into that conversation with competing with all those guys? Do you see him having a leg up among all those other guys because he's been here for the past few years? Or do you think that it's sort of just a clean slate like you mentioned at the top? I think if Cooper Rush had any sort of injury history, yes, it would be a conversation. But I think there's other positions of need that need that roster spot more and need that depth that unfortunately I don't think so. But, um, again, I, I think there's just things that need to be addressed before you even worry about the quarterback position. You're not worried about the quarterback position. It's yeah. not – to me, it's kind of last in your conversation of, of needing depth when you have Cooper Rush on his two-year deal now and, and really no injury history. So, for me, if he had any bit of an injury history, it would be a different conversation. But then again, I don't know if he would have gotten a contract at that point if he did. So – I don't think so, uh, just because I think there's other positions that even just last season, you, you see needs it a little bit more. Uh, O-line, uh, cornerback, uh, <laughs> we can go on and on here. So yeah. I, I think there's just, it's not a need. It's not a need, and and you got to be very strategic and smart with that 53, which we know they are. Um, I just don't think that's being strategic to, to have him on there. It's a luxury uh, position you know to have if you can carry three quarterbacks it's a luxury um the cowboys of course you have the veteran uh potential on the pl- on the practice squad so i'm sure if you know will greer hasn't had his opportunities the cowboys claimed him a few years back it doesn't seem like that anybody's wanted to get will greer on their active roster so it could be a case where if he just doesn't make it throughout training camp you bring him in back to the practice squad and you still have that quarterback's uh, position solidified you can call him up if you really need it but I think, like you mentioned, there are a lot other pressing areas for the Cowboys. I do think that with Tony Pollard recovering from his ankle injury, if you're not going to bring in anybody else to the running back position, which we could get into possibly next week, but you know, you have someone like a Ronald Jones, you have a Rico Daddle, a Malik Davis, uh, the fullback as well, Deuce Vaughn. I mean, you have a lot of these running backs that you might want to carry one more than you usually are throughout the season. And then, of course, the wide receiver position. You don't know what you're going to have in a Jalen Tolbert. There might be another guy like we talked about last week, Dennis Houston, who is somebody that maybe will take that second-year leap being an undrafted guy, but he has clear chemistry with Dak. Dak really likes him. So maybe he gets that final spot. There's just a lot of moving parts where I think Greer needs to have one hell of an offseason, like ball out in training camp. Like we were hearing all great things last year. You have to be better than that. You have to translate that to the football field put up Cooper Rush type numbers like he did a few years ago when he came to the Cowboys as an undrafted free agent where he was the best quarterback in the preseason and that got him a, a roster spot on the Cowboys. So I think he needs to have a similar offseason like that and clearly he's put in the work where he's working with Dak in the Dak yard. We've seen a lot of pictures with him learning from Dak. So I think it's just a great environment for him to succeed, but he has to succeed. I think that's the main thing. So Overall, Jess, grading out the quarterback position, you mentioned and kind of alluded to that this is sort of last on your list of needs and concerns. How does that translate to a grade for you heading into 2023? A plus, A plus, period. I mean, really, I'm not, there's so many other concerns and I'm not going to say, I shouldn't even say concerns. That sounds a little too heavy, but um, positions that, that I'm 
keeping a closer eye on than quarterback. To me, quarterback, you're good. You're you're locked. You are ready to go. Dak Prescott's ready to go. Cooper Rush ready to go. If something happens to Dak, you're in a very good position with the quarterbacks that that you have in that room right now. So for me, it's an A plus because it's not even in the forefront of my mind to be worried about in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I put in A plus as well. And I think if you look at other quarterback groups around the NFL, you would look at the Cowboys and say, oh, wow, they actually have a pretty good situation. You look at the Eagles. I mean, outside of Jalen Hurts, uh, they had Gardner Minshew last year, but he's gone. So the proven vet that they really have, I think, is Marcus Mariota on the roster for them. And they drafted somebody um, as well. And it's like, okay, well, Marcus Mariota, who would you rather have, him or Cooper Rush? I'd have Cooper Rush because he's translated wins to the field. He's he's proven that he's able to win, at least in recent history. And Marcus Mariota couldn't even make it out of the season as a starter last year. And I even look at something as the Jets situation in New York. You know, somebody in the AFC, we talked about how Aaron Rodgers is with them now. And I actually still feel more comfortable with the Cowboys situation because outside of Aaron Rodgers, they don't really have anybody else. Tim Boyle is a backup that they signed. I know Tim personally, he's a great guy. Uh, and I, I, I wish him nothing but the best in New York. And he's spent time with Aaron Rodgers, similar to a Cooper Rush situation. It's a, just a commonality, somebody who you're familiar with. But outside of Tim, you have Zach Wilson, who is a giant question mark in New York. And then you have Chris Strebler, who is somebody who was like a preseason darling, similar to a Will Greer. They both had the tattoo sleeves. I think they both wear 15. So it is very similar to Will Greer. And I would still prefer to have the Cowboys because you have Dak Prescott and Aaron Rodgers. Of course, okay, fine. You can give Aaron Rodgers the, the check on that one. But outside of Dak and Aaron Rodgers... The Cowboys have a much better situation with their backups. And I think that just overall, when you really break down the landscape of the NFL with the quarterback position, the Cowboys have one of the better rooms in the NFL. And I think that's not a stretch to say that. Yeah, not at all. I mean, you're fully confident and comfortable. And if you're not, you should be going into this season um, where really – you also talk about, you know, Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. That team wasn't built around him. Yep. What you're seeing now with the Cowboys is this team is built around Dak and to play up his strengths um, and to improve what isn't, right? I mean, um, I, I think we'll get into this a little bit more, you know, as, as the weeks come with the running back position. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how the, how that all plays out with him. But, no, I think you're in a great position where you should not be worried about your quarterback. I, and look, if you're listening to this podcast and you are tweeting any nonsense about get rid of Dak, please, 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 please don't let me see it. I, I just will automatically like unfollow you. I'm, I think that's the most ridiculous conversation anybody can have when you have Dak Prescott as your quarterback. But, I, I mean, really. And we could look at the the offseason next year and evaluate it. Again, he's going to yeah. be up for, for a major yeah. deal, and maybe the Cowboys don't sign him to an extension this year. But, like, don't worry about it now. The grass is not always greener. Like, that's a common saying amongst everybody when you're yeah. looking at different situations and comparing things. But look at all the other situations in the NFL. I, I can guarantee you not, there aren't many better than what the Cowboys have right now, um, and that's not a stretch to say. So, I mean, I just, But I think it's so funny because – you know, people people are always saying like, "Oh, get rid of Dak, get yeah. rid of Dak." For who? Yeah. For who? For what? what? What is your What is your plan? Yeah. All right, you you have a plan. What well, What is it? You You know, you need a quarterback, right? Oh, Cooper Rush. Yeah, he's a great backup, but is he ready to be a starter of the Dallas Cowboys? If you think that's a better option, really, why? What is it? Why compare the two? I mean, there's so much that goes into this conversation; it just blows my mind. So don't be that fan, please. 
please, begging you, don't be that fan. And for all the people who want to be the San Francisco 49ers, they're coming out saying that Sam Darnold might have the best arm out of all the quarterbacks right now. So, insane. Again, it's not always perfect in other situations. So, I mean, we're, we're actually, I mean, we're getting out of here on time. This is pretty amazing. I'm proud of us. I'm very I'm proud. But it's it's that off season. You know, it, it, there's there's not a lot going on. We're, we're trying to crank out as much content as possible. Again, it's exciting to, to look forward to rookie minicamp. And I'm sure everybody at Blogging the Boys will have everything laid out for you. And also, too, it seems like the NFL schedule is going to be released uh, this yeah. week. So make sure you check out all. And I'm not just saying just the Cowboys because they do a great job. But look at all the other social media teams for every other team in the NFL they put so much hard work into these sort of uh you know layouts and displays of the NFL schedule the Chargers were really good I had a ranking of all I watched all 32 and just ordered them and I love that. it's just it's such a great time and it, again it gets you excited for the season where the Cowboys are going to be week one and then week 17 so make sure you keep in touch with everything at blogging the boys on the website side and on the podcast side. But of course, keep in touch with Jess. A lot of good content this weekend is going to be coming out. Where can people kind of follow you? And I know Taylor Swift is going to be re-releasing a new, uh, or a, an album. I forget what, what album was it again? I know you can remind she me. Out Taylor's version. Did she take I a new picture as well? Yes, yeah. yeah, she did. So, um, it's beautiful. She looks incredible and I'm so excited. Speak now was the album I had bought when I was first learning to drive. And so that was my, I'm learning to drive with this music on. So it's very nostalgic. Um, And I'm very excited. And, oh, man, I'm still processing that I get to listen to her uh, re-recording of it. But that's out July 7th, uh, in case you were wondering. Um, But, yeah, you can follow me at JessMars underscore on Twitter. I am getting better at tweeting as uh, we go through the, the fun part of the off-season, the not-so-quiet part of it. Um, and, of course, I'm tweeting about Taylor Swift. I mean, if you don't know my three personalities at this point, I don't know what to tell you. It's uh, Cowboys, Taylor Swift, and Disney Adult. So if you don't know that, I don't know what to say. Brandon, where can the people find you? Because you're not giving Marvel spoilers. You're not giving Guardians of the Galaxy spoilers. In fact, you're doing the opposite. Yeah, no, not not today, not ever. I'm not going to be that fan. Um, you could follow me at, at Brandon is right, W-R-I-T-E. And again, a lot of good stuff. I'm sure that when Jess and I have time off this offseason, you're going to be either hearing a lot about our vacation plans or not hear from us at all, wondering where we left, but then we'll come back and uh, we'll show you all of our pictures with sunburn on the beach and all that. So uh, for Jess Navarez, I am Brandon Laurie. Thanks so much for tuning into the latest edition of the writer's block. We will talk to you guys next week. And remember as always go Cowboys. 